Well, grab a seat, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. It is time for Flip and Friends. I am your host, Kenneth Davis. Follow me at That's Davis on all social media platforms. Of course, you know the executive producer of the show, Ryan Bukovetsky. Follow him at Ryan B. Ski and Ryan B. Ski One. And you can also find Sidney Brown uh, on uh, Second City Sports. And also follow him at Sid Kid 80. And he writes for We Are Regal Radio. So make sure you go out and check out those articles. Uh, so, you know what? We usually start off with a little bit of COVID. I mean, it's been the way we've been doing in this uh, pandemic since March, basically. Uh, it's been uh, since a big part of this discussion in this show. Probably a big part of this show for like another year at least. And even after there is a vaccine, it'll probably still be a big part of it. Oh, no. It's just the facts. It's just the facts. Because there's going to be arguments about <laughs> taking the vaccine. Fake news. Alternate facts. Vaccine. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Illinois' COVID case count jumps and, and worries of health experts uh, and worries of health experts. And the real reason that, that I, I picked this is it's funny, and we were watching the news the other day, and I think it's jumped to like five point something as far as uh, the, the, the amount of people getting infected. Like it's, it's just really leaped up. But the thing is, this week, an uh, article in the Tribune came out about uh, sending back uh, kids, the CPS, Chicago Public Schools, sending back kids that are in uh, pre-K and also kids that are special needs. And the problem is you're talking about three, well, four, four or five, three or four-year-olds, basically, uh, who is going to be hard for them not to keep their masks on, right? They already are germy as hell and do nasty stuff, right? Like the, just their nose, like their runny, little runny, nasty-ass noses. They touch everything. I have a four-year-old, so I'm not just dissing them. And she's not that type of still. <laughs> she's a little kid. Don't be offended, uh, four-year-olds. Yeah, it's not dead. really coming for you. <laughs> not coming for you, four-year-olds. Uh, so <laughs> they were thinking about Kelsey, and also there's going to be a um, full day. So you're also talking about keeping them in there all day long. They're not going to socially distance from one another. Um, so they don't listen all the time. And, and, and I hate to say this, you can compare that slightly uh, to some kids with special needs, even though them being older, uh, it's probably easy to get through. But still, you, you're acting like these kids can't become super spreaders to a certain degree. And even, I believe, uh, I forget the lady in Illinois that's in charge of um, in charge of uh, uh, the medical, I forget the, the young lady's name. She was the person that stood out with, uh, with uh, Lori Lightfoot when they had on the costumes like a week or two ago. And it was like, they, one was bleached and the other one was sanitized. Whatever, you get the joke that I'm trying to say. But she was talking about that, you know, she's a, 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 a physician and that she wouldn't be sending these kids back if it was really a threat. And I just called bullshit. You know what I'm saying? And, and I actually talked to the teachers uh, in Kelsey's class yesterday. And one of them was like, he, you know, he doubts that they'll really send them back. And uh, the, her other teacher was like, you know, probably the same parents that said they didn't feel comfortable sending their kids to school when they sent out the survey are going to be the same parents to say the same thing. But it was funny because they're talking about sending these kids back in the second quarter. So basically, like, at the end of this month, uh, you know, like, these kids would be getting ready to go back into uh, go back to school, well, start school because they haven't been in school outside of remote learning. Uh, and then it's just one of those things. Even though, I, listen, I would love for her to be in a re regular learning environment. You know what I'm saying? Like, it would be great. But the risk of her getting sick, uh, her, her bringing it to us, because, I mean, you don't have where too many kids are getting definitely sick, even though we have seen it. So there's a chance, but it's, it's more, it's just a lot rarer. Um, but still just her bringing it to us, bringing it home to us. Uh, listen, her passing on to some kid, and then that kid has an older grandparent or something that's watching them regularly, and then that person getting sick and having to perhaps, uh, you know, just, just being in a bad situation, to say the least. 
Uh, but again, I would love it, but it's just not time uh, right now. And, and I'll say this too, it has been rewarding at times helping her and teaching her. And I wonder if she would make the leaps that she seems to make if Athen and I weren't right there, because you know, you can kind of like, she can shut herself down if it's a teacher, you know what I'm saying? Like just, you know, she can shut down, but you can't shut down when it's mommy and daddy. Right, so you better get it together, kiddo. Right, get it together, real. <laughs> so uh, it's just one of those things that popped out to me just thinking about uh, about COVID. So, like, what what were your thoughts, and what would you guys do if you were in the same situation? I will start with you, Ryan. Uh, yeah, I'd have to really, I'd have to really weigh those benefits of you said a learning environment versus potentially opening up even to more risk of contracting COVID. And that's not going to do anything for anybody. And it's going to be interesting too, with winter. I mean, you're talking about the flu is going to be coming back. Mm -hmm. And I wonder with these, you know, rising cases, do you start thinking about shutting down the economy? And then just the fact that like restaurants, if they don't have outdoor seating, what, you know, they're going to be crippled big time. Right. right. And a lot of places are going to have to, I guess, kind of get creative or really establish a good, like, pickup system or delivery system if they haven't already. So it's just like, I feel like a lot of things are going to just inevitably be shut down, partly because it's already difficult dealing with COVID. And then the other part, especially when it's rising, and then the other part being winter. And you know, like, do you want kids riding on a bus? Like, how are kids going to get to places? Great point. If they got to go to school. Like, how are kids, yeah. you know, if if you you don't want to go to a doctor or something like that where you can expose a kid even more, well, the safest place to be would be in your home then. Versus if you go out to school, usually you probably know better than me, Ken. Like, how many times do you have to take Kelsey to the doctor just because she's at school and just picking up regular you stuff? Said, you said school buses? Um, anytime they go on a field trip, the first thing we do is they got to cop, they got to take a bath or a shower. Um, with usually like the last two times Kelsey went on the trip, cause I usually don't bathe Kelsey after does it. But, um, when she goes on, when I soccer shop her on the field trip, when we get home. The first thing I do is put ass in that tub because that's where they pick up crazy germs from think about those school buses, but not let alone wherever they go on the trip. It's, it's a bunch of kids there. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's a germ heaven. Basically. Also, one of the things before you jump in, Sid, I also want to say uh, one of the teachers did point out, too, because think about it, I got two kids, uh, two uh, school aged kids uh, that what about when one kid's at home and then the one the other is at school? You're not really alleviating stress from parents when both all the kids are in school. You know, what I'm saying only pre right. and special needs kids. So one, I got to worry about this kid is at home. And also look about if I was a single parent or even if Afton was back in a situation where she had to be in the office. Or what if I had to be in the office and uh, that that's all on one person having to, I would have to basically tell Kim, the kid's old enough that I can leave him at home. But let's just say if I didn't feel comfortable, I would have to tell him like you're late for class for school. Cause he starts at nine. Cause, but I would have to drop her off at like nine o'clock. You know what I'm saying? So right. how, how are you alleviating? What if he was just kindergarten? So he wouldn't be pre-K and he needs it'd be, you yeah, as much be as really, anybody. It, it'd really be messed up. And luckily with her, and we wouldn't have gotten this. Uh, Kelsey technically doesn't start school. Like, she's supposed to do asynchronous learning, which is basically learning her own uh, in the morning time, which Afton does um, sit there with her while she's working, and they go through uh, IXL and stuff like that. Um, but um, she doesn't start till noon. 
and then she goes from noon to two thirty, basically, right? So it, it, it would be it, that makes it easier. But we would the only reason we got that option is she didn't transfer as cleanly as she was supposed to. Like her her old school didn't release her, so she kind of came in late, even though she had been accepted to her new school. She came in late, so we got to pick which class we got and we decided to go with that uh, afternoon class but we probably wanted to luck into having that afternoon class but sydney if you were in that situation how would you uh how would you maintain if i was a parent i wouldn't send my kid back i know this this the same story that you're talking about i heard that the proposed date was november 9th i find it ironic to believe a week after the election i know we'll get on the election later but What's the contingency plan for the children that just say they did go back? Yes, they'll have to put on that mask. But uh, we kind of talked about this before, guys, that like you said, can kids pass germs like they're going out of style? We already know that teachers have a lot to do with not to get too far on the deep end. But you, the teacher is teaching their lesson uh, in every five seconds or every five minutes. Oh, so-and-so, leave your mask alone. Stop touching your face. Stop touching this. Stop touching that. Will you have, quote-unquote, special assist, assistance there to make sure that the kids have on their mask? Well, they, I'm assuming they'll have the, uh, obviously they'll have the services uh, scrubbed down and wiped down, but what else creatively could you do? Will they have to, before even it gets to that point, will they have a, a quote-unquote, vaccine? Will they have to take a special test before those kids enter back into those facilities? We don't know. Mm, true. I think Cindy just doesn't want a bunch of kids that he's got to watch over. Oh, uh, you know he's that. Afraid. <laughs> <laughs> he's afraid the schools get shut down. All these women are going to be dropping off babies for him to watch. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get our kids back in school. This is possible. <laughs> I'm trying to get some. <laughs> so one of the things that jumped out to me while we're sitting here talking about CPS is a horrific story that I found out through uh, Facebook with a, a friend of mine. Uh, she had posted it, and, but the details I saw it in the Tribune yesterday. Uh, and it, it, and it's, it's out today, too. An 18-year-old who was identified as a person who forced a seven-year-old girl to perform a sexual act in an online forum used for remote teaching uh, during the COVID pandemic, Chicago police said. Uh, Cartrell Walls, get his name, Cartrell Walls. Cartrell Walls, because if you see him, fuck his ass up of West Chesterfield neighborhood on the South Side was arrested Thursday afternoon, shortly after 3.30 p.m. after he was seen molesting a girl in an online forum used for remote learning, police said. Walls is charged with uh, predatory criminal assault uh, on a victim underage. Uh, the police were made aware of the attack when the girl's teacher saw it on a computer screen during the classroom e-learning session. Police said uh, when the officers got there, the girl identified her attacker and he was arrested. So think about this bastard, this sick fucking bastard is sitting there molesting a girl anyway, but it actually is doing it on fucking the classroom Zoom too. Which mm. like, just, just, and the thing is, and this article goes on to say that uh, people, uh, reports on uh, child molestation is going down because there's fewer people to watch because these kids are at home. So, I mean, again, as we're sitting here saying like, you know, yeah, this, it's like, for instance, in my house is cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, we men have to don't fight like that, you know what I'm saying? I say that everything's always peachy keen, but we don't really get into the we don't get into we don't get into it. Let me put it like that. Like we don't get into it. You know what I'm saying? Like there's not like fuck you and you fucking like we don't do that type of shit, right? Yeah, you save that for me. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, our kids our kids don't have to be in that necessarily environment. It's not a toxic environment. Uh so they're lucky. But there's a lot of kids that aren't in the same situation. 
there's also that kids that, you know, have a good parent or so, but that parent may have to work and may have to depend on somebody else to watch their kids. I know like during, um, during like, like Kelsey's class, one of the little girls, she's at like a daycare and the lady who I guess runs the daycare, she spends the majority of the time where class is going on the phone. So when the little girl has to unmute herself, you hear this lady talking on the phone and it's like, First of all, some of those conversations aren't even shouldn't be in this Zoom classroom, right? And then it's like, why don't you stop? You know the little girl's trying to learn. Why don't you stop and get your ass off the phone? Right now, listen, and we talk about like, damn, I feel sorry for the little girl because it's like she's not really getting the learning. Like, even because they have to dip in and out of different Zoom forms, all right? Or if they're in Google, what the CPS uses Google, they use Google Meet. So they have to go to another class. So the little girl with the third class they take. You can tell since she's the person that's really controlling the computer and there's no one there sitting next to him. Because you gotta kind of got to sit next to him uh, and help him out a little bit, even though the teachers don't want you to cheat, but help him out. And uh, the little girl has to unmute herself, and she, she's never really in the third classroom because she would have to go and click the buttons to get herself up in there. And it's just like she's not getting the access to that learning that she necessarily needs. And it, it's also the shady side. Like, like I said, it works for me but it's, it's, it's hard on a lot of other people. And I feel sorry for them being in that situation. Like, like we talked about the little girl, like we wish that we could try to help her or something like that. And I hope that even like, I hope nobody sees this, that is related to that classroom. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. It's, it's, that bastard Davis. Worry <laughs> <laughs> about your own damn phone conversations. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can be on the phone talking about ass if I want to. Like, you just hear me. I think I heard her say ass one time, something about ass. I heard the lady being talking, and you could tell she was on three-way. She was like, nah, I'm just going to step up out of this. I ain't got nothing to do with that. And it's just like, dude. Oh, a fresh podcast from that nice young man. Jim Davis. <laughs> I love to hear what he got to say. Hey, hey, control that, your shit. mother. Control your, listen, you better make sure you're on mute. Listen, that'd be the thing. Like, we'd be like, is she muted? Because we may say some spicy shit. <laughs> she mean it? Right? Like, the first thing you do when you ask your kids, uh, when, when you go, like, I walk to Tim's room, I'm like, is that, is, that, is that on mute? Right? Like, you don't want to say it. I believe, like, the teacher muted Afton. Like, Afton went into a rant, like, a week and a half ago. And we had a, 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 a teacher's, parent-teacher meeting uh, the same week. And after that, she was like, did you uh, hear me when I was doing that? And she was like, yeah, I heard you. I muted you. Don't, you don't worry about it or whatever, right? And it's like... You don't want to get too spicy because they're mandatory. So they're telling his daughter, she better get her shit together, right? <laughs> <laughs> so this is what I, was, it, go ahead. It's been funny hearing those stories. Like, I, I think I've heard the, the parents drinking, like, on camera, like, oh. right when school starts. Ooh, that's early, early. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've hopped off. I've hopped off and had a hard seltzer. Like, one day, this was like, a month, a month and a half ago. And I was talking to one of my buddies from work. Like, we'll, he doesn't work with me anymore. But we'll do a Zoom meeting, like, once a month or whatever. There was this day. And I told him, I was like, dude, I'm day drinking. And he was like, what? I said, I had a heart seltzer already. I said, my class was something today, <laughs> right? Like, it was like, 
Oh, it's gotten better. It's, it's definitely gotten better. But yeah, or did you see the one? I think it's it's on the thread. We put, we made a post on our text thread where like the grandma was in the background naked, like the little kid. Look. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Kid is watching like this. And you, see, you see the little kid turn and look. Cause the little kid knows this ain't right. He's like turn and he kind of looked back like this. Brown. <laughs> Is she walking around? She is just butt naked, butt naked. <laughs> <laughs> that little kid was I traumatized. Think I, even, <laughs> I think I even heard some sexual activity accidentally caught on I there. Don't. Not between kid and parent, like you mentioned, but yeah. like parent and parent, actually. Wait, wait, wait. Get off my mama! Whoa, <laughs> wait. How, how y'all fucking like that when a little kid can hear you like that anyway? Zoom meeting. I think potentially the kid brought the Zoom meeting oh. to them. See, rule number one is do not pick that damn computer. Listen, don't don't turn that computer because Kelsey wants to switch the computer around and shit. And it's like, you don't show everybody at your house. And like no. the teacher told this little boy in her class, she said, your mama gonna get on you showing us all your house. <laughs> over here, over there, over there. She's like, like, and Kelsey wants to switch the screen and show like her uh, Barbie dream. Yeah. Here's all the whips and chains. Paddles <laughs> <laughs> over like, there. Don't you, don't you turn this? Give me outfits. Yeah, don't you turn this? This is, uh, mommy and daddy swing. Very special swing. <laughs> this, <laughs> these mugs like these mugs like. Oh, he, the, the kids in the Zoom meeting. It's time to get. It's time to get on to get on. Right? Oh, he distracted. Let's do it. Oh, <laughs> that's our shelf of oils and uh, massage therapy. <laughs> The swing, the sexual swing. The lotions oh. that are used by mommy and daddy. Oh, man, oh, man. All right, all right, all right. So uh, former New Jersey governor, recent Trump shield, Chris Christie, uh, now admits that he was wrong not to wear a mask during a debate prep session with the reported uh, POTUS at the uh, event centered on uh, Amy Coney Barrett. This is from uh, Yahoo. I believe when I entered the White House grounds that I had entered a safe zone due to the testing that I and many others underwent every day. Christie said in a statement, first reported by the New York Times on Thursday, I was wrong. I was wrong not to wear a mask in the Amy Cooper Barrett's announcement. I was wrong not to wear a mask in multiple debate prep sessions with the president and the rest of the team, Christie added, that he now hopes that his experience was include spending seven days in intensive care unit shows others the importance of strictly uh, following the CDC guidelines, no matter who you are or where you are. The virus said, and he should. She said, you should take it very seriously. The ramifications are right, widely random and potentially deadly. Uh, Christie, who previously expressed support for sacrificing lives during the pandemic by comparing the current event to the first and second world wars. Okay, I forgot. Because like Hitler, I forgot Hitler, about Hitler, that. Germany and Germany, like oh man, it's kind of like fighting Germany and did Super Germany. Oh my! (laughs) Who's known as like the flip flopper in politics? Like my goodness, Chris Christie has to be the new king. Let's right. have people die like soldiers. You know what? Masks are pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I was wrong. Listen, getting to death's door about this close to death's door made me see this is a whole different mother- Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, we could lose a couple mil. What are you talking about? You know what? Masks. <laughs> right? And listen, he's talking about, he's talking about, well, mines are gone, but he's talking about y'all grandmas and grandpas, y'all nanas and papoos. He talking about all pop pops. He talking about all the. He probably uh, reviewed the polling numbers and decided masks <laughs> are actually pretty good. <laughs> Time for oh, reelection. Those are the only people voting for us. <laughs> masks, masks. Damn it, live. You know what though? It's really sad. Like someone who, and I mean, we don't listen to Chris Christie, but there's still some people 
who either from New Jersey or around the country who still, because let's not forget, there was what occurred at one point that he looked like a candidate to run for president about eight years ago. You know, people was... Yeah, he was in that primary. With yeah, he Trump. was... People were worried about Chris Christie for a minute because it was like, okay, Shotty may be able to do something or, or whatever. And for him to be as ignorant to say that, you know what, I ain't really take this shit seriously to hit me. And these are the people that we elect and we, we, we expect for them to purport them where, their ways in a wise manner. And they just out here flying loosey-goosey. And listen, we know it because we use common sense. One thing I will say, and I thought about this other day, I enjoy living in the blue state. Or I mean, let me say particularly Illinois, Chicago, and North, North Illinois, Northern Illinois. Because we might not get along, and I can say this, there's still not racism, but we, we use a lot of fucking common sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a lot more just real common fucking sense. And not to say it's not still some yahoos on, on both sides of the fence, but still there's certain things that it's kind of like, yeah, that shit doesn't make fucking sense, right? And motherfucking, and you can have certain degrees of how, how you think things should be strict, and I'm sure sometimes it has to deal with how it affects you in your life. Because listen, if I was a business owner, as far as if I had a restaurant, shit, I'm gonna, I'm gonna want them to open that motherfucker up, right? That's just, just, that's just the truth. I, I mean, and it would be bad on me to want that, but I mean, I'm basically about to go out of business. You know what I'm saying? So I get that. I, I get how it depends on what's going on with you and how it affects your wallet. But usually still there's kind of fucking sense, but you got fucking Trump in Wisconsin today at a super rally, right? Full of Rona, full of fucking Rona, right? And like, shit, I got, listen, that motherfucker has the equivalent of the motherfucking, the, the, the Prince of Persia as far as the, uh, the, the type of medical staff. Like, he, this dude has the probably, what, second, third best care medically in the world as far as at his disposal? You oh, know? yeah, he's arguably number one. Yeah, yeah, I would say, you could arguably say, but I'm sure there's some, like, you know, some places that uh, have universal health care, like Norway, they probably do some good shit, too. I don't, I don't know, I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. You yeah. know, some place, some place may be smarter than us. You know, since but I, he he pretty much uh, he points the finger wherever he wants to go and instant access, right. unlimited care. Right, and and people confuse that with what the fuck you got with your HMO or Blue Cross Blue Shield. Like you don't get the same shit. You know what I'm saying? Where nah, yeah. if you depend on who you are, it's gonna it'll be a day where they be like, Papa got to come off that ventilator because we need that motherfucker. He's not improved. Yeah. Instead of the HMO, can I get the POTUS? Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Can I get some of that? So, uh, yeah, it's just—I don't know. It's just real messed up when you see uh, somebody like Chris Christie uh, playing it like that, and it took him almost fucking getting out of there because you hit—you hit that intensive care. That's some real shit. Um, and it took you going into intensive care to be like, I was totally wrong, and I shouldn't have been doing that shit. Like, get the fuck out of here. You know, I—I uh, I was wondering about it a little bit. I, I could see him saying this. Surprised he didn't say it till after the election, being so pro-Trump. Like, I feel like that kind of hurts Trump a little bit with anybody that, you know, not nothing they huge. Care. They don't care, Ryan. They don't care. They, but I mean, why say it? Why? Why? Because had his he had his come to Christ moment. Shorty was like, I see. Yeah, but who cares if you have come to Christ? This is Chris Christie. Sell. He already sold it to the devil mm-hmm. to, to be on the side that he's on. What are you talking about? I'm, listen, I'm just I'm I'm telling you what I believe. Now I could definitely be wrong, but I think his ass. Listen, his big ass never thought he was gonna hit the fan like that. And when he do, if you intensive care, intensive care. Listen, if Trump didn't offer him none of that uh, experimental cocktail that he got his hands on, he's like, 
I can get a little bit. I got another Chris Christie. He's much better. <laughs> he's a much better man. So, dude, Shuddy, he, he's not feeling it. He's, he's clearly right. He's not feeling it, to say the least. All right. Moving on to sticking with COVID. Uh, Christina Cuomo has no regrets about uh, taking the headline making bleach bath. In fact, it was quite soothing. Christina and her husband, Chris Cuomo, were some of the most prominent faces uh, to come forward in the COVID-19 diagnosis at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, while the CNN anchor kept various updates on Cuomo primetime, Christina documented her experience on The Purist, the wellness publication she, la- she launched in 2017. The writer details home remedies she was using to combat the virus, like vitamins, drinking, and a liver cleansing uh, potion, and a type of homopathic bath. Uh, but Christy's post about the watered and diluted sodium hypochloric uh, bath, aka bleach bath, just happened to be published the same week as President Trump suggested a disinfectant injection would kill the virus in one minute. The media was yeah. just like, oh, this beach bath, this is going to be gangbusters, Cuomo's wife is recommending. Uh, Christine recalled to Elle, the writer, uh, noted that, that she was aghast. Uh, a, it's a mostly politically motivated journalist. Christine A continued, and B, it's all clickbait. The purist shares a lot of similarities to Gwyneth Paltrow's group and invites similar criticisms too. Christine's posts are accompanied by disclaimers, warning readers to consult, doc- to consult a doctor or a neuropath <laughs> for advice. But she said it's ironic people were upset over the bath. <laughs> So yeah, uh, I she like said that. she didn't put. Hey, a, it was great. It was refreshing. But make sure you talk to a doctor before right. you do that. She, she, <laughs> she said she didn't. She didn't put her shoulders, neck, or head below in the bath. Um, yeah, she said her, her skin was a little flustered too uh, after taking. But the vagina was in there. Flush. <laughs> I wasn't. Even, I wasn't even thinking about her vagina. Hey, that's an entry. I wasn't even. <laughs> what are you worrying about shoulders and above if you got the vagina in there? Well, I, I guess, you know, people bleach their backside, so maybe she was getting some of that action down, too, at the same time. She was getting the whole, I don't even want to go there. A triple bleach. It's your filthiness. <laughs> it's just filth on, filth on. Well, come on. I'm sure you can't bleach the vagina. I've never heard of that one before. <laughs> Another failed attempt. No, come on. You bleach assholes. You can bleach the asshole. All right. I don't think you can bleach the vagina, though. I don't know. That's a good question. We should somebody. Sydney, you're the expert. <laughs> uh, don't talk to me about that one. No, no. Oh, All right. no. All right. Uh, former Los Angeles Angels employee Eric Kay was indicted by a federal grand jury Friday in the death of former Angels pitcher Tyler Skaggs. Uh, a Texas a grand jury indicted Kay on two accounts. Kay charged with giving Skaggs the fentanyl that resulted in his death in 2019. Skaggs, 27, died uh, July 2019. The local medical examiner uh, office determined he choked on his own vomit, terrible, with a toxic mixture of alcohol and opioids, including fentanyl in his system. Kay and Skaggs allegedly texted about the pills on the night Skaggs overdosed. The indictment also stated that uh, Kay possessed and intended to distribute fentanyl beginning in or before 2017, according to ESPN. The Angels denied any knowledge of Kay distributing opioids to players and claimed that they were unaware Skaggs was using opioids. Kay, who spent uh, spent 24 years in the Angels Media Relations Department, was arrested by authorities in August uh, and October. Kay said he is fully cooperated with law enforcement, calling it the right thing to do. Kay faces up to 20 years in prison if convicted. That's that's messed up. How did they like figure out that part? Like, I'm the sure text, they just that text message is how they figure. No, 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 no. I'm saying like Skaggs and K. 
like media relations probably just talk to the player like hey would you do an interview or here's whatever blah 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 when did uh fentanyl go part mm. of their back and forth you know what happened somebody else who was using that shit told uh probably skags that that's where you can get it from or maybe they had a conversation well, listen he's a dealer though so as a dealer and you're see he kind of gets he gets what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? Like you have these people where, you know, he's, he's doing the, the, the media relations, but on the side, he's, he's peddling these drugs and you know, these players are, are hurting, let alone he's a pitcher. So you're sitting there, you know, that every fifth day he's trying to get ready or whatever. I can't even remember Skaggs was a starter or a reliever. Um, but still, you know, he's taking advantage of the fact that perhaps this, he's using this for pain or perhaps he was initially using it for pain and then he became addicted to it. You know what I'm saying? But it's just, that's terrible, man. And, I mean, you know he sold that shit to some man. motherfuckers. He's selling that shit since 2017. Like, man, he better, listen, y'all better keep that motherfucker away from Shohei Itani and motherfucking uh, Mike Trout. <laughs> For real. I just, that's crazy, too, with the fentanyl. Like, why, I guess you just fall into addiction or something, but, man, that one is so scary. Mm-hmm. Like you, that's just so easy to mess it up in terms of quantity and overdosing. That I'm amazed he was like going down that road. Like, right. I get painkiller for athlete. That's not surprising. But fentanyl, what would make you go down that road? Like you're in that much. Like you are that deep. Hey, you see it called Prince. You know what I'm saying? You had the 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 the, 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 the white goo guy, Michael Jackson. These people, man, they've been out here playing athletically or uh, performing, wearing their body down, and then they get a taste of that that, that that good shit, and then they don't want them to fucking let go, especially if it helps them to cope and get back into performing the way that they think they should be to perform. But I'm with you. I mean, I don't even know how it was administered. So I don't know if he was taking that using an intravenous. I think they said pill. Okay, yeah, you're right. He did say it did say pills. You're correct. You could, it was correct. So at least he wasn't shooting up. Uh, but man, fuck, dude. Like, I mean, listen again. This is me being um, square. Um, to think you got to get that high, you know what I'm saying? Like he was already drinking, right? And Shorty was like, "Look, I'm gonna put that extra on it. Put that extra on it." Like he. And fentanyl's the tippy, tippy, tippy top. That's you don't go higher. No, that's <laughs> listen. That's that shit that make them heroin addicts come back quick. Oh my! You it's that heroin with that fentanyl. Stronger than a heroin. <laughs> like you have a better chance of surviving if you did heroin versus yes, fentanyl. Yes. That's crazy. Yes, you do. Yes. But remember, a pain addiction of pills almost got Brett Favre before they won his first Super Bowl back in '96. He had a pain addiction problems too. Uh, also added to his drinking problems at the time. True. I thought it was very showing scary. the wiener. Well, that was later in his career. career. <laughs> oh, I, I, I got to show you this wiener before I die. It was, it was, uh, <laughs> listen, it wasn't, a, it wasn't Hall of Fame worthy. That was not Hall Listen. Well, to be uh, fair, he didn't think it was going to be uh, spread around. Listen, that's, that even, that's even worse. You said, listen, that you said that to one person. If you don't get your wiener clicking game together, Brett Favre, that lets you know how old he was, too. Right. Laying on the bed watching, like, Fox News. And <laughs> look at this thing. <laughs> and didn't, like, he have his rich watch in it so it was scaled to size or whatever? Like, I feel like he had his, his wrist watch in the photo. 
I can't I can't remember exactly. Oh, you brought the shit up. While playing for the New York Jets. <laughs> playing for the Jets, Brett Favre was hitting on a young yeah. man, I believe he was, was in harassing the media. A woman. Yes, you're right. Yes. You're right. You're correct. Harassing. <laughs> and decided to to send her some pictures of his junk. Yeah. Uh and it was unimpressive to say the least. Uh yes. Let me show you old number four. <laughs> 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 oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Uh, that was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> All right. All right. Sticking with sports, um, we got something. Uh, the Athletics report, reporting according to uh, Jovan Buha and uh, jo- uh, Joe Vardon. Some players on the team, and this is the Clippers, bristled at what can be viewed as a preferential treatment given to star free agent signing Kawhi Leonard. I hope it's just not Kawhi. I hope y'all was bristling at PG playoff P2. Uh, players like Patrick Beverly, Montrez Harold, and Lou Williams, Clippers bet rocks before their arrival of uh, Leonard and George bristled when Leonard was permitted to take games off to manage his body and to live in San Diego, which often led to him being late for team flights. League sources said the team uh, allowed uh, Leonard to dictate to Doc Rivers when he could be pulled from games, and among other things, Lou uh, uh, Lou, on, Lou was on uh, Rivers' bench. Talking about Tyron Lou, uh, but the but the Clippers were Rivers' show. So according to this. Uh, Montrezl Harrell, Lou Williams, and Patrick Beverly was upset with the stars getting preferential treatment, which that's what stars get. I don't care if y'all was there the season before or not. And y'all wanted to win the championship, so y'all going to let this block y'all. They didn't show up. Like, think about how late those three players, how late they showed up to the bubble, right? Like, just the, the dysfunction. All three of them were late to the bubble. Beverly, at least, was hurt. And I know sometimes they had, like, personal stuff with their families and stuff like that. But just the way that the Clippers showed up to the damn bubble. And I put some of that on Doc, too, um, because they didn't, have a, they didn't have a leader on that team. But still, like, for those three players to basically opine to get better players so they can try to go out and win a title and then get upset because you think you're going to be on the same level as all-star players like that the last year's finals MVP, you lying to yourself, man. And them lemon pepper wings is, is fucking with your brain. Um, if you thought that that's what you was going to get. like So, yeah, listen, I understand. Even if you don't like it, get your ass in gear, all right? that That's the big thing. Get your ass in gear. Get into the damn bubble, and let's go win this title. Like, you guys made the, the West Finals anticlimactic with your bullshit, right? Like, you you got Doc Rivers fired, right? You got motherfuckers going to strip clubs. You got uh, Patrick Beverly snapping on uh, Michelle Roberts. Shuddy's like, I'm out of here. Shuddy's, this is her last year. Running the uh, the, N- the NBA PA, so I ain't for this shit. Motherfucker disrespecting me. I can get, you know how many businesses I can run? I ain't gotta listen to no motherfucking back. <laughs> <laughs> right? And Montrez Montrez Harold, King True Religion, uh, who didn't show up. Right? Like I still say, if I was a uh, Steve Ballmer, I would have threw Montrez Harold's chains and True Religion out on the tarmac. I, I will continue to say that. I'm get some shit, get out. Um, for these three motherfuckers, only person that showed up was uh, uh, um, Kawhi Leonard, and he was broke the last game. I, I won't say that he, 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 he choked. He was just broke because he was, he was laboring up and down the court. He didn't have it. He's the only one of them MFs that showed up on that damn team. The rest of them motherfuckers was poo butts. Uh, I mean, Lou Williams had some games here, and Patrick Beverly was hurt, so I'll give him that pass. But, man, please, man, get the fuck out of here with this bullshit. Like, what the fuck? No! I mean, do you know what the fuck Western Finals look like? And listen, shout out to Denver and everything they did. But man, we were supposed to get the Battle of LA to see what they who's truly at the top, and it, it was just 
you just basically just ushered LeBron straight through, right? Like, come on, man. So I, I, I ain't got nothing else to say about this bullshit. So what do you have to say? Here's the thing. Star, I don't care what sports you're talking about. Star players will always get special treatment because of their talent and their clout. This is just the way it is, whether we like it or not. Going to Kawhi Leonard, you know that was the main point of discussion when uh, he was discussing about joining the Clippers before they traded uh, for tried to trade for Paris George, which they succeeded in. You know he told the management and Doc Rivers before the season started, "Well, I'm gonna take these certain amount uh, amount of games off." You know that was a discussion when uh, they were in trade discussions. So uh, if people are surprised by that, you're crazy. It just wasn't – the news just wasn't out at the time. Remember the second week of the season? I believe it was a Wednesday night game against Utah ESPN. Oh, Kawhi Leonard uh, was, is not there. Why? Oh, yeah, load management. It started right almost right from the jump. And so the, the news that was reported is not, it's not surprising. Now, Tyron Lue being hired there, will it change things? I don't know. I don't know, but to, to be surprised that Star plays against uh, special treatment, if you're surprised, you haven't been following professional sports. It's called professional sports for a reason. Correct. Right. Yeah. Uh, everybody should know the superstar treatment, like boo-hoo to Patrick Beverly, Montrez Harrell, and uh, who's the third one? Lou Williams? Uh-huh. Lemon Pepper. S- too sad. I mean, if you would have had LeBron there, he might have traded your ass. Like, that's the way it is. If you – now, I will say this. I'd be looking at Kawhi super side-eyed all year like, yo, you're Mr. Load Management, but you ain't taking us to the finals either with the way that he was playing in that series. I completely agree with what you said, though, Ken. Like, the three of them really offered nothing either. But mm-hmm. you're expecting your star to carry you, so I could see why – when you don't have that star carrying you because of load management, you get upset. But at the same time, I mean, you guys said it. it that's just the way it is. I'll Too bad, so sad. Kawhi, you need to be staying your ass in Los Angeles. Like, that's a bit much you being in motherfucking San Diego. Like, you going a bit far with that one, bro. Even if you get times to where, you know, like, let's just say there's real gaps in games. And, you know, saying he, you allow him to go down to San Diego, cool. But you residing in San Diego, like... Come on now. And I'm sure, you know, it's just maybe – because I think he, he was taking – he was doing the helicopters like Kobe. What Didn't did that kind of come out? When, yeah, uh, he did a little bit mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, so, dude, you you need to be your ass up in – I mean, look, you can stay in Orange County. You ain't got to stay in L.A., L.A., but still, you in San Diego? Like, come on now, dude. Like, you, you're doing too much right there. You're doing a lot. Right? Like you do, doing a whole lot, you know. What I'm saying? Like Shadi was like, "I want to be home." We thought he was the West Coast. He was like, "No, no, no. I mean, home, 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 home." Like, oh, yeah, move like, the nah. team to San Diego. Right back. Wait, was they? Wasn't they in? Uh, wasn't the Clippers in San Diego at first? I thought it was Anaheim. Yeah, yeah, they were in Buffalo until the early '80s, and then they were in San, Di- San Diego for one year, and then yeah. they moved to Los Angeles in the yeah. mid '80s. I thought so. I thought so. Yeah, because remember, Bill Walton played for the San Diego Clippers. Was that one? Was, that was, Bill Russell, was Bill Russell the can coach of that, that San Diego team? No, he was the coach of the Sacramento Kings. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. That's I'm, I'm confusing that. You're right. Yeah. Right. All right. So let's get to the meat of this show. Um, Ice Cube is defending his decision to advise President Trump on the Platinum Plan, a Trump administration initiative to help Black Americans. Ice Cube, whose real name is O'Shea Jackson, received pushback from after the Trump campaign senior advisor, Katrina Pearson, revealed that the rapper helped revise the plan. 
uh, the surprise fo- the surprise followers of the rapper who has been vocal critic of Trump, even releasing a song in 2018, Arrest the President, an artist known for his loud critiques of white supremacy and racism, something uh, Mr. Trump has been accused of stoking. Ice Cube was accused of supporting the president's agenda as, uh, agenda as an election day nears. In a series of tweets, Ice Cube clarified that his meeting with the Trump administration was not an endorsement, but rather an olive branch to discuss the contract with Black America, a series of policies to address racial inequality, including lending and police reform. Uh, the rapper noted that he has not endorsed President Trump. This is from Yahoo also. Uh, black progress is a bipartisan issue. When we've created a contract with Black America, we expect to talk to both sides of the aisles. Talking the truth to power is part of the process, he tweeted. Uh, I will advise anybody on the planet who has the power to help Black Americans close, uh, close an enormous uh, wealth gap. The rapper said both Democrats and Republican leaders contacted him about the policy plan. Democrats asked to speak about the initiative after the election, Ice Cube said, while the Trump administration made adjustments to the platinum plan after speaking with him. It's unclear what changes were made. I don't trust none of them, Ice Cube said in a video posted to Twitter on Sunday. No president has done right by us, so I don't trust none of them. So putting our hopes and dreams behind any of them just don't work. We make uh, we make them do uh, what we want to do, and there's no other. There's only a few ways to do that. That was the end of that uh, that article. Um, listen. If Ice Cube is doing this from a genuine place, I have no problem with him. If it comes from genuinely, this is how he feels and this is what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? Even though I do think there should have been discussion with Black America about your plan. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think, you know, I I would have liked some input or somebody from my region, a representative to have perhaps... (laughs) You know, Midwestern issues and uh, and black. Why was Sidney Brown not contacted exactly. about this? First and foremost, first and foremost, Sidney Brown. Um, you know, so that, that that's one issue. If he's doing this because the Qataris, uh, the, the government owes him one point something billion dollars, him and his partner for the big three, because that's been one of the rumors, and you know they put out rumors to 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 uh, to, to, to paint a black eye on someone. Uh, you know, saying it can be unjust. But if he's doing this as a cash grab, then I'm really upset. Um, I also would have preferred if he had started this earlier on. You know what I'm saying? Like this should have been, you should have been, this should have been something started last year where this this plan of yours went into action. Uh, We got more people on the board. I have no problem with making deals with Republicans. Um, I agree with him when he said it should not be bipartisan. And if Republicans want to bring something to the table, the Democrats are because I still haven't seen Joe Biden talk about what he's going to do for black America. Like I'm not talking about minorities. I'm talking about black America straight up and down. What's your plan? And I'm not just talking about police reform. I'm talking about economic reform. All right. Uh, economic uh, money being infused with black businesses. That's what I'm talking about. And Democrats takes blacks, uh, take take blacks for granted. And that's just the truth to the matter. But the Republicans offer us nothing on top of that. you got a racist guy stoking flames and causing more racism to take place because he's making it seem like it's, it's okay to do it. So he's emboldening these fucking racist twerps. Um, so that, 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 I don't like that side of what Cube is doing. Um, again, I, I don't, I just don't know. You know what I'm saying? I did see Killer Mike on the Breakfast Club uh, this week talking about the platinum plan and basically saying, you know, take your emotions out of politics just because someone hates you. If they're going to do business with you, you know what I'm saying? Get the business done or whatever. Um, which I can agree with that. You know what I'm saying? Like if Republicans were really coming coming with it for these votes, they can have these votes if they sit there and do what needs to be done in my community. Um, 
But looking at where we're at right now, um, and I mean, it's, it's our mission, get Trump out. You know what I'm saying? That's just the truth of the matter. I don't like living in a soap opera uh, 24-7. Kind of, I'm tired of the soap opera. It's been a long four years, to say the least. And the, the fourth year, will, will be the fourth year, has been the longest of long, like me and Ryan was talking about earlier before the show, as far as things that happened last month seemed like they happened a year ago. Um, I just, I don't know. Like some of the stuff you keep hearing, but see, I, I, I'll tell you this much. I don't know what the truth is. You know what I'm saying? Uh, some of the stuff you hear is that, this, again, it's a cash grab. But I'll say this, if he's doing this from a genuine place, I don't have a problem with it. I may not agree with the timing of it, but if he if he's serious about this and there's no shady business going on, I don't have a problem with it. Um, even though, I, I mean, I don't have to deal with Trump, but we should have a black representative dealing with him and seeing if there's anything that can be gained uh, with, with dealing with the president. Uh, but still, like I said, to me, I, I don't like the timing whatsoever. And if he's up to some bullshit and this is really something he's doing for himself, fuck him. Sydney. Uh, I'll wait it all week to speak on this. I, I agree with most of the things that Cupid said. You, I said most things. You might not like the timing. You might not like his quote unquote strategy, but he's doing the process correctly. How many times I said on this show, power concedes nothing without demand. Power concedes nothing without demand. Like you mentioned, Ken, uh, the, the issues going on within the black of, of America is not is nonpartisan. So what Cube did was like, here, here's what, especially what the LGBTQ community did, and that's how President Obama got in office the second time. They drew up a plan. They answered, if you want our vote, you got to pass our plan. And he did that. We didn't know what, what happened after that. This is how politics works. Draw, draw up a plan. I'm with you. He, you should have asked a few more other people to advise because now you, I think we all agree. Most logical people can agree that not one person speaks for an entire black America. We all have different thoughts. We're not monolithic. With that being said, Q was correct. You draw up a plan and go to, go to the candidates and say, can you uh, execute our plan? If not, screw you. We'll, we'll go to somebody else. Now, on the flip side, on, on the lighter side, I like this attitude of Ice Cube. This is when he left NWA 1990. This is no Vaseline Ice Cube. This is Black Korea Ice Cube. He didn't give a flying fuck what no one said. I think this is coming from a genuine place. Now, maybe the time you can question it on it, and, I, and people have that right to their opinion, but I'm going to take Cube at his word. He was coming in genuine. Uh, he, he had this down correct. He's he's like the late Buddy Ryan, R.P. Buddy Ryan. I got my 46 defense. I got my horses. I'm coming after you, whether you like it or not. Fuck you. If you riding with me, fine. If you're not against me, get the fuck off my field. You would say voting for the Republicans is something you're down with. I bet you did. <laughs> I ain't say all that. <laughs> real quick, real quick, too, real quick, on what something that you mentioned. Also, who are the intellectuals that helped you with this plan? Like outside of just reaching out to more to around the nation, a black nation, who are the intellectuals? And did you get a large swap of intellectuals? To, or was this just your plan? Because it shouldn't just be your plan. But Ryan, what, what did you think? When you That's a fair question. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I was surprised when I saw the headlines because I think of Ice Cube as very genuine. So I think he's probably being genuine. That's where I would lean. I, I wouldn't think he's doing the cash grab, but how you brought it up, Ken, I mean, you can't 
outrule it. And maybe that is an element to this thing, which would be just horrible to think about in here. Cause I think ice cube, you know, I, I have him at least respected and I would lose a lot of respect for him if that was the case. Uh, but a lot of good points too, that both of you make when in terms of, I'd like to know more detail of who helped him set it up and how much consulting he did with people. I mean, I guess like, and I thought you brought up a great point, Sid, you know, you got to kind of be aggressive a little bit in politics. Mm -hmm. You can't just sit there and expect the system to work for you. You got to kind of make it work for yourself. So Mm -hmm. maybe this isn't a show of aggression towards accomplishing a goal, but you also want to, you know, you don't want to have too many voices because then that can derail something, but you also want to have a temperature of the room and not just do something because if it's the wrong type of plan, it can backfire you and be used by your constituents against you. Like, Hey, look at this crappy plan. And now moving forward, if we see other plans similar to this in this kind of manner being done, we're not going to take it as seriously. I mean, again, I hope everything's on up and up. I'll say that much. And we don't always have to agree on everything, especially like if he's trying to do good by his people, I have no problem with it whatsoever. Like I I, I have no problem with that. If if it's, I mean, Go ahead, Ryan. There's got to be more bipartisanship in general, like period. And definitely you would think with some of these issues, like wearing masks, there wouldn't really need to be bipartisanship. But Mm -hmm. even that, so, you know, not everything should be just painted in, oh, look at this deal. It's terrible for Republicans. That means that's a terrible Republican or vice versa. That's a terrible deal for Democrats. You're a terrible Democrat. Like, you've got to be able to make compromises in life, period. Correct, correct. All right, guys, final subject. Uh, Coming to America 2, the long T sequel to Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall's classic 1988 comedy, Coming to America, will hit Amazon Prime in December. The projected streaming arrival date is December 18th, according to Variety, who said Tuesday that Paramount Pictures is now in the process of selling the comedy to Amazon Studios. Final details of the agreement are still said to be in the middle of uh, being nailed down this is from Complex. However, at least according to Tuesday's report, the deal uh, could reportedly include tie-ins with McDonald's and Crown Royal. Oh, man. And while securing uh, the coming to the sequel would be uh, a victory for anyone lucky enough to pull it off, Tuesday report notes that Paramount's sale is arguably inspired by the studio's response to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, which has effectively paused any real chance of theatrical releases per uh, variety. The deal between Paramount and Amazon is worth an estimated $125 million. They cashed out of that one. I wonder how much that movie cost to make. I'm sure it didn't cost that because I think they it, they filmed it down in Tyler Perry Studios. Um, so I'm sure it didn't, that movie probably cost maybe $70 million to make or something like that. Because, I mean, they, unless they were traveling to Africa itself, which we know they didn't do in the first movie, uh, I'm, I'm, what, what's the, the, the real costs? outside of paying Eddie Murphy. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are what are, <laughs> what are the huge costs in that? So I wonder how much uh, that movie costs to make. And I mean, I, be, I mean, they're not breaking even. They're, they're, I mean, of course, but of course, they would have made more money than $125 uh, million had that been theatrically released. You know what I'm saying? That's probably doing, even if we're just talking about, I mean, you're going to still have white people that grew up back in those days to come and see that. That, was, that movie was loved outside of the hood. You know what I'm saying? Uh, mm-hmm. so, oh, yeah you're probably getting at least $400 million 
uh, as far as what they was going to make. And I'm saying that Dang. Look at you, Mr. Box Office. I'm just saying that. And I'm only saying that also that, and I'm saying that if, if everyone didn't turn out, like it would be good, but not great. I could see it. If they did really well, it would probably be like around 600 million. Cause I'm talking about a comedy. It's not like a Marvel movie or something like that. But uh, yeah, that that's whew, man. The times I'm of, taking you with me before I see Universal next time. <laughs> the, times, <laughs> the times that we live in, to where going to the movies is obsolete. Listen, I'm telling Hollywood right now. Absolutely, y'all can that's hold true. on. Y'all can hold on to those films as long as you want. Specifically, Marvel. You may as well start dropping those babies, man. Because we <laughs> ain't going back. I'm listen. I'm telling you right now. It'll be a long, it'll be a, a, a cold day in hell before I hit the movie theater in the next two years. Right. Uh, I'm so pissed about Dune being pushed back. That's the one I wanted. Really? And you're right. It's like, yeah. now is it even worth it to go to the theater ever again? <laughs> Why? Why, dude? It was all right. I mean, it's still the experience, but... Yeah, still. You, listen, none of us, I don't think any of us have been ardent moviegoers over the last five or six years. I go see Star Wars and some Marvel movies. That's it, right? <laughs> and I go, I go with my family. Like, it's like, that's, it's like stuff that we, we did as a family. That was the only thing we were going to say. And listen, even some of those times, I missed that. I didn't go see, I didn't go see the last two, I think, Star Wars movies at the show. Maybe, maybe I saw the second one and I didn't see the third one at the, at the movie theater. But, like, I've missed out on even doing that, and that's before the pandemic hit. So you actually think I'm going to go sit in a room with strangers coughing uh, for two, two and a half, three hours to go watch some shit that sooner or later I can watch on the screen and I pay for What if they make the uh, plexiglass-like penalty <laughs> box for every uh, seat? I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Like, and listen, on top of that, there were times I was in the theater with people I didn't want to be with in the first place as far as these strangers. So now you just give me more incentive to stay the hell away from them. Listen, my screen is what, nice what, enough. What if they give you, you know, like one of those fighter jet just attached to your face and yeah. then they give now, you a now you're talking, sanitizer. Now you're talking. Now you're talking. I really would <laughs> like that. I re- Listen, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. All right, so let's run with that real quick, Ryan. So you press those, those, those uh, minimum wage uh, employees to clean off that. Well, day. no, you can. They'll put a little sanitizer box right next to you, and, and you I, can clean it, I clean it. I clean it. I clean it off my. So the jet mask strapped to my face also smells like hand sanitizer. So now I'm a hand. hand, hand no, they'll, they'll have a fresh. They'll have a fresh thing that that makes it better. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I'm just saying, like, if you tell me. You Maybe know, it'll be like the toilet seat. They'll give you that that, that thing that goes tissue paper <laughs> and, and put a film over them. Wait, you, boy. Speaking, let me ask you this. You know the toilet seats. I find I, I used to see them in airports a lot. You know the toilet seats that it has the plastic all the way around the toilet seat, and basically when you get off, it goes and it, it takes right. that away. And I always thought like, yeah. well, it's just going around in a circle. <laughs> Probably. Right, right? Like, like mm-hmm, you trying to trick you? Just some like heavy <laughs> bleach is being poured, so if no, there's dude, any stain, a, it just listen. doesn't look right. Right, I'm not a bare asser, Ryan. So uh, no, like when I see bare asses, like you, you, you come into the, the to the restroom and you be like, wait, that dude didn't put the the, the, the little mm. paper thing down. Like you, like That's you pretty out scary. here. Yeah, dude, and y'all do that shit a lot. Who's y'all? <laughs> a lot, like whoa, it's like damn. Wow, I didn't know we were gonna get racist. I'm just episode. saying. I'm just saying. 
racist. <laughs> just bare ass. Us whites poop you know, just fine. You know, you, know, <laughs> you, know, you know when you think you own everything, when you just putting your bare ass anywhere. Oh, man. You know you think you you're own everything. <laughs> you're selling the, the good name. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. And listen, on top of that, I'm not putting this on just white folks. The motherfuckers that come well, out. Well, I own that toilet, so I'll just sit on it. The motherfuckers that come out of the stall and walk straight out the door. It's so interesting oh, yeah. to all of us that are behind you. Because you like, touch, touch my balls when you touch this door, basically. Like, they, they're those nasty bastards who do. Sydney, how are the facilities inside of UPS? Man, oh, I can tell uh, you. Not that good. Just- yeah, they've been cleaning them uh, more frequently now since the pandemic. Oh, they actually out. clean them now, huh? So yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. They yeah, stepped picture, it up. Uh, what, like uh, the jail cell back in like uh, the Green Mile? Yeah, something like that is the UPS bathroom. It's nothing like yeah. grade, grade school bathrooms. Grade school bathrooms, like stalls didn't work. Some of them, like, like we, first of all, I, I may have taken two dumps in grade school at that, right? Like, two, like, literally two, because I was not coming. Yeah, who the hell was dumping in grade school? <laughs> <laughs> some people oh, shit, I gotta take a dump. Because <laughs> it'll still be in a damn toilet, right? Like, damn, right? The urinals have to work. One urinal would be overflowing. Who the hell was that? Got a ghost? (laughs) Taking a dump. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, grade school. And I went to Kenton's. I went to use the bathroom one day picking Kenton up, and the shit hasn't changed, right? It's just like, damn, these grade school bathrooms still effing suck. Right? Like, they'd always like overflow. There'd always be the. It's always always the overflow. It's always. I'm going to use three pounds of toilet paper. Right, right. That would be like, listen, I'm going to tell you one thing, too. I can't stand. I cannot stand somebody who intentionally tries to make toilets overflow. And I've seen grown people do this shit. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Intentionally? Yeah, it's like, why do you have all that damn. You don't know how to wipe your ass? You grown as hell. You still don't know how. And you can. It's like a pound of toilet paper stuffed into the toilet. Right. Like, what are you you doing? Like, stop. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, just. And that's my. my rant on toilet etiquette and how things <laughs> should necessarily go. <laughs> so, what did we start? Coming to America too? We ended with shit? Coming, okay. We definitely ended with shit. What does that say about that that movie? No, Early I reviews. I think it'll be good. I think it'll be good. Uh, you, know what, you know what makes me think it It depends good. how much Hoke is put in there. When I thought like him doing Dolomite, I was kind of like, come on, Eddie. Like, you gonna do that first too? I was like that. That I don't know about that, but watching it really listen, it helped. It helped change my mind on Dolomite himself, and I kind of had known some of that stuff that it was, you know, it was just a character and all that. But to get that backstory and see, you know, saying what he was doing, and for him to put Dolomite up on the the, the, the platter, that, the, the, the plateau that he should be placed upon, um, that made me feel better about coming to America. Because I was like, the Dol- Dolomite was pretty good, you know, what I'm saying for for being a comedy. Uh, it was pretty good because I used to. I'm not the biggest black exploitation uh, fan, you know what I'm saying? Like I've seen a few of them. I love the Mac, but I didn't see the Mac until I was like 18 years old. You know what I'm saying? But um, I'm still not the hugest black. Ex- I, I just thought that was kind of crazy being a kid like black exploitation films, and that's the that's the thing, right? Like it just doesn't sound right, right? But I get that. You know what I'm saying? There was only so many lanes that we could have or whatever back in those days. So 
That was that's why those movies were necessarily made. But uh, yeah, I think I think Come to America is gonna be good because I, he he made me feel better after watching Dolomite. I could be wrong though, but I think it'd be I think it'd be pretty. I don't I'd want to see who the writer and directors are. I didn't look into that because the director is Craig Brewer, who recently worked with Eddie Murphy on Dolomite. Uh, is my name. Okay, that's good. And he also, uh, I believe he he worked on the Empire or something like that too. He worked on Empire because, like you know, sometimes when they try to do like I'm thinking of Top Gun too. Like, I feel like that movie is just destined to be bad because it's just like they're going to harp on so many of the things in Top Gun 1 that's just going to be like, oh, look, they re- still, made still, Top Gun 1 right. 30 still years later. Still holding on to these old grudges 40 years later. Like, we want to see those characters from coming to America, but they've got to, like, be a little bit different, a little aged, a little weathered. they got to progress, and you need you need enough freshness in that story. It can't mm-hmm. be like too much of a retread of things that really worked back in the first one because that's when those movies stink. It's just like, oh, well, let's get the laugh track out. Totally. I totally, agree. I totally agree with you. So hopefully it'll be good. Sydney, what do you think is going to be uh, what, what, what would you think to come to America is going to be good or bad or what? Uh, I'm kind of indifferent on that. Hopefully it'll, it'll be as good as the first one, but classic movies like, like Ryan just said, like coming to America, they're so hard to live up to expectations because the bar is so high. And like you mentioned earlier, Kent, it was loved by everyone, not just us, people that look like us. It was embraced by everybody else. So it's kind of, like Brian said, you had to incorporate some new things that's happening in today's society, but trying to keep the originality as well is really so hard to do. Look at, uh, I'll give it a quick example, like House Party, there was uh, three, four movies uh, after that. House Party 2, I kind of liked it, but it wasn't like the original. The original is the standard, and it started going downhill ever since. So it's kind of hard to live up to the original original film. Don't put Coming to America in House Party. Even listen, (laughs) at one point, House Party was That's just because Sydney's Sydney's anti-immigration. Correct, correct. I had to be 11, maybe, when House Party came out. And we, we and my, my buddy, some girls who bought our ticket. We was at the Evergreen uh, Plaza when the movie theater was there. And they wouldn't let us buy the ticket. And we had, uh, the, the movie that we, when we first got there, we had to wait two hours because it was sold out, right? So we had mm-hmm. walked around the mall with these girls. They bought us our ticket. We hung out with them the whole day. They were older than us or whatever. Um, and we went to see it. And at that point, that was the funniest movie I had seen in my effing life. Like, it was hilarious. So I'm not discounting how good it was, but Coming to America is on a different scope because, like, it hit me. I didn't think about it. My grandmother took me and my brother and I think some of our friends to see Coming to America. She didn't even sit with us, but clearly she wanted to see it. That's why she took us to go see it. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like I'm dropping mm-hmm. you. Oh, she went to go see it herself. Uh, so, like, as we are saying, like, it even... It went through just not just different races, but different age groups as far as people wanting to come out and check out that movie. Uh, so definitely it was historic. But it's always kind of funny how, I mean, and it's not on the same level. This wasn't as good. Like white people love coming to America, but they feel like Harlem Nights was a flop. And we love Harlem Nights in the Hood. Like that, like it was like we. That is a classic film. Yeah. <laughs> we love it. But they were like, nah, that's what it was like. Nah, it's not how we, nah, we, that's not how we feel about that. But uh, yeah, I, I still think, like I said, from Dolomite. I feel like uh, after seeing him pull that off, that this is going to be good. But look, uh, we definitely appreciate you for joining us and spending a bit of your time with us. Uh, we're definitely going to come back with uh, that Davis show, bring you some sports topics, get some more stuff in about the Sox. 
uh, gets, definitely going to bring you some uh, football stuff and also some, you know, some social justice stuff. We always like to do that as we're in, entering this election cycle. Uh, definitely going to bring on some guests uh, to talk about uh, election coming up and just try to provide you with some information uh, and to help you along the way. Hopefully you find it helpful. Um, you can always find Sydney on Safe City Sports and also we are the radio and Ryan's always holding down the fort here on everything that we do and uh, keeping us sharp. So we definitely appreciate it. Uh, keep yourself safe. Uh, wear your masks. As Chris Christie now believes you should do. And, uh, you know, treat people the way that you would want to be treated. Sydney, We gone. The flip.